In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. better all right praise god amen in jesus name amen amen let's give him the glory amen told you gifts of the spirit class they were going to happen amen and we got to a healing when we're not even talking about healing tonight amen because the lord decides which ones to use when to use them amen amen everybody have a handout for tonight all right, perfect. That's the best way I can think to start a Gifts of the Spirit class. Amen. Thank the Lord for using his body. Amen. 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 How's the volume? Is it too loud, too quiet? Okay. Good? Okay. All right. Perfect. Glad to see all the kids here tonight. Amen. Thankful for everyone coming out tonight because... The reason we're doing these classes is not just so you understand how the gifts of the Spirit will operate through the pastor. <laughs> the purpose of you being here is to understand how the gifts of the Spirit will operate through you. Amen. So tonight we're going to talk about uh, wisdom, knowledge, and discerning of spirits. And uh, we're, for the sake of this discussion... We're going to call these the gifts of revelation, and that's your first uh, blank to fill in there. These, on the um, side, that the top, it says uh, wisdom, knowledge, and discerning of spirits. Good question. On a two-sided paper, it's nice to know which side we're starting on, right? These are the gifts of revelation, and we're calling them those not because they're associated with the book of Revelation but because they involve a direct impartation of insight or understanding from the mind of God to us. They're given from the mind of God to us. And we are called to have the mind of Christ and operate in that, um, but these are, beyond that, these are supernatural impartations of insight or understanding from the mind of God for a given situation. And also tonight, after we get done with each of these sections, I'll share a couple of examples, and then I'll ask anybody else if they would like to share an example, and after we define it, you may have a better understanding of, of what we're talking about, and you might recall a situation in your life that someone either ministered to you, or you saw them minister to someone else, or you were the one ministering, and so we'll share, and I'll pass this mic around, because that way it will be recorded on the um, session for those who listen later, they can hear what you're saying. There's not just silence while we listen to your awesome testimony. So we're going to start with word of wisdom. Word of wisdom. This is the first listed in First uh, Corinthians 12. The Greek word for wisdom is Sophia, uh, not Sophia the first, for all you with children. Um, but Sophia means uh, understanding of what is true, right, or lasting, insight, common sense, or good judgment. Understanding of what is true, right, or lasting, insight, common sense, or good judgment. Whereas knowledge is the understanding of facts, wisdom is the understanding of how to use facts to make good decisions. How to use facts. So it's one thing to know the facts, but 
It's another thing to know how to use those facts to make a wise decision. That's wisdom. It involves insight, judgment, and guidance. Um, God doesn't impart all of his wisdom at once in this situation. Our minds would explode. (laughs) We cannot contain all the wisdom of God, but he imparts a particular portion of wisdom for a particular situation. The Greek word uh, for word here is logos, which typically refers to a thought or an utterance. So it's a, a utterance of wisdom for a certain situation from the mind of God. So as we define it, we'll define it as the supernatural gift of a portion, again, because it's not all of it, of divine insight. Divine insight, judgment, or guidance for a particular need. Again, that's some uh, space for you to fill in there. The supernatural gift of divine insight for judgment uh, or guidance for a particular need. Now, examples. Yes. Anybody want to help her out with where that is? It's a definition of wisdom, the supernatural gift of a portion of divine insight. Somebody offer some insight, please. So we've spent a couple minutes defining it. But the cool parts about um, tonight is we're gonna we're gonna spend more time talking about it than defining it. And out of these three these three gifts of the spirit, I believe operate in us more than we acknowledge. Some of them we know right away. Gift of healing operates. There's tangible supernatural results we can see and and understand. That was a miracle. Sometimes I think the gift of wisdom. Or the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, or the uh, discerning of spirits happens more often than we think. So, uh, as an example, uh, when Peter, or excuse me, Paul, was on a, a voyage to Rome as a prisoner, the Lord gave him a word of wisdom. Paul was not a professional sailor. He didn't have a lot of natural understanding about sailing, but the Lord told him it was unwise to sail further, and he communicated this message to those who had captured him and who were in charge of his transport. Acts 27, 9-10 says, Now when much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over, Paul advised them, saying, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. So God gave Paul this insight that this voyage would end with disaster and much loss. That was a word of wisdom because Paul had no other way of knowing. The professionals in the situation, the sailors, didn't see it coming. And as they set off to sail, uh, there was even just a slight soft wind uh, seeming to confirm their opinion it was safe. Okay, Sometimes the professionals can only read what's in front of them, right? And everything looked okay, but God gave him a supernatural understanding so that when they began to set sail, they encountered a violent storm. And uh, they lost the cargo and the ship, and they almost lost their lives, but God intervened to save them. So it's something that's apart from human understanding, experience, or observation. It's something that God gives divinely, 
And uh, if Roxy was here, I would um, let her tell a story. She can probably tell it a lot better than I can, but there was a time where the Lord gave her a word of wisdom. Uh, as I understand it, her and mamas were doing some, uh, helping some people who had visited the church, and those people were also housing a homeless lady. And these people and this homeless lady got in a fight, and uh, she was really mad. And when Roxy had came onto the porch, for some reason she saw there was a gas can there. And that just was in her uh, awareness. And she saw the lady smoking. And they were inside for a few minutes, and all of a sudden the Lord started making her very anxious. Roxy started getting very anxious, and she, all of a sudden she says, Mom, that lady's going to start a fire outside. And they opened the door, and what happened, Mamas? You, you remember probably, right? She's, she's going to start a fire, right? She's pouring something. Pouring gas. Yeah, and I said, all I, I didn't think. I just went to the door. I said, in the name of Jesus. And I opened the door, and the lady got scared and ran. So that was good because she was going to pour the gasoline in the front porch. And, and then start a the, fire. And start a fire. And the back, it was, was really funny was that the, the back door was um, blocked. It was you had no other exit. There wasn't any other exit, exit, and it was a little old house. In a row of apartments that would have... Yeah, and it could have, the fire could have started really fast, and there we, there we went. <laughs> <laughs> so God saw that something was going to happen and uh, spoke to Roxy about it, gave her divine wisdom there inside of the house. The door's closed, but God spoke to her, this lady's going to pour the gas and start a fire, and they were able to prevent it. So that's a word of wisdom. That's a, a divine impartation of how to be led in that situation. Um, another example that I'll give and be thinking of any testimonies you want to share here in a moment, but uh, when the Lord led us to Beaverton to start a church, it was very specific as far as the Lord bringing us here at a precise time, because uh, as Norma and Maurice can attest, if we were to come later, our paths probably would have never crossed. And Maurice and Norma have been a huge foundation of our church, and Sister Anna Guillen and, and some others that have, they were all part of a church called uh, Living Waters Apostolic Church. And uh, when the Lord increased our burden over and over and over till we finally separated from where we were. Uh, we got some counsel from elders that said the timing was, was right. And when we came over here, the Lord uh, first led me to name the church Living Waters Fellowship. That was the name we chose uh, and through prayer. And then I seen this sign called Living Waters Apostolic. I was like, that's crazy. They're Living Waters Apostolic. We're Living Waters Fellowship. We're apostolic. So are they, obviously, and it's in their name. So I was like, who in the world pastors that church that's almost the same name and in the same city? So I went, I, I went over there and I saw the name of the pastor and I was like, I know that guy. So uh, we started talking and less than a month later they were asking us to become the pastor because they were stepping aside and we're not going to pastor anymore. So if that wouldn't have all come together when it did, it would have been missed. And so that gave us our first place to have church um, instead of our living room, we were there for two years, then we came here, and obviously great people, 
um, that have joined with us, that we wouldn't be able to do all we do without them. And so all that was orchestrated through God's wisdom. Amen. How would I know when to choose, right? And, and to be completely transparent, I wasn't even going to pick Beaverton. <laughs> I was going to go pastor in the Midwest. And God said, no, you're not. You're pastoring here. So uh, I said, okay, Lord, I'll do that because you know best. And uh, so God always knows and he directs us and gives wisdom and, and it's, it, it's divine. It's, it's more than just human understanding or human wisdom. He gives that too. And he even gives us wisdom through his word. But nowhere in the word did it tell me when to go to Beaverton, right? That was God's direction. So um, having said that, does anyone uh, want to share, or do you remember a time when God gave you divine wisdom for somebody else, for yourself, um, anything like that? Okay, Clint, we'll let you share. Hello. <laughs> yes, so they can hear you on the recording. Okay, well. <laughs> you can so, sit, that's fine. Um, uh, me and Dallas, both pastors, started giving my mom uh, um, or started going with my mother on Wednesday nights and praying with her. Uh, up until that point, you know, we got we were just, we were getting a lot of bad reports from the doctors, from everybody, and um, so you know, we started this. We started going there every every Wednesday and praying with my mother. And you know, on, uh, uh, the following day, you know, I was in prayer, and it came over me that there would not be another bad report. And it was so overwhelming that I called my brother and I said, Chad, I said, I know that things look bad right now, but I, can, I know this. I know this for sure because I've heard it from God that we are not going to have another bad report. There is nothing that's going to come in the way of my mother not you know, proceeding and, and, and keep going. And, and, and uh, I just sent Pastor uh, Dallas a, a video of my mother um, walking She's uh, on, uh, um, in a, um, a walker now, and she's, she, yeah. Amen, that's good. 150 feet she went all by herself. So uh, it was quite amazing, and uh, I just wanted to say that the feeling of the Holy Ghost came over me, and I told my brother, there will not be another bad report. I know this for sure. Amen. So that, that's, Amen. That's yes, that's a word of wisdom. Amen. Very good, because they were getting a lot of bad reports, saying that she wasn't going to make it, and. If she lived, she'd be a vegetable and all this stuff, but she's not a veggie tail. She's, she's full-blown Christian. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Anybody else want to share? Yes, Brother Mertz. So many years ago, uh, at a former church that I went to, uh, I was a youth leader in the church, and um, we had a youth rally and um, there was a young man that I felt the Lord kept drawing me to. And so, you know, there was one moment where uh, the service just bursted out in prayer. And so I just kind of walked over to this young man and I began to pray for him. And it started out as kind of your standard, you know, bless this young man, so forth, so on. And then all of a sudden, all these things that were very specific to his life started to come out of my mouth and I had no idea you know that they were even relevant or not and it's interesting because after the service was done he, he he was just crying he couldn't stop crying and he was like how did you know all those things about my life 
you know, you know, like he had never even shared any of those things with anyone, you know, and here I was, you know, somehow knew everything, you know, from beginning to end, and I was like, that's just nothing but God, that's how the Holy Spirit works, so it was kind of a blessing and helped to encourage me that uh, the Holy Spirit works in the gift of knowledge that way. Amen. Very good. All right. Hi, do you want to share something? Then we'll come up here to Kai. Okay, so um, at my old church, we had an evangelist come. Uh, Brother Grimsley was his name. And at the end, when he was just praying for everyone, he came to me. And our situation was fine at that point. And he started praying over me, saying, like, you're going to have the family you want and the house you want and the life you want. I'm like, what is he talking about? Like, <laughs> everything's fine. And then, what, like, how long later? A couple months. After that, everything just fell apart and, like, we were homeless and everything was really bad. And then I'm like, oh, okay. And now I look, I'm like, that's what he was talking about. But at the time, I was like, what is this guy talking about? I was so confused. But, yeah, it was kind of interesting to see, like, from there to now is, like, and life's way better than it was then. And coming here, and the funny thing about coming here to this church, do you all say real quick, the old building that you guys were in, we actually went to that building after you already came here because we found it online, and then we figured out a while ago that was this church. I think that's kind of crazy, too. But, yeah, that's all. It's true. <laughs> there was, like, there was, another, uh, there, was, there was another pastor there. At the, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they have a new church there now. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Uh, pastor's name's Marquise, I yeah. think. And we went there, and then the very next, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, really it was obviously uh, the hand of God working yeah. <laughs> in our lives. Yeah. So. Amen. That's good. Amen. Anybody else? Kylie? Yes, Kylie. I think it's on there. Hello. Okay. <laughs> I'm not very witty or nothing, you know, so like last night me and Bishop and my cousin were on top of Council Crest, you know, and from up there you can see all of Portland. And Bishop looked at me and he goes, so this is what Portland looks like from up here? It's beautiful. It just looks so run down and horrible down there and I looked at him and it, the word just kind of came out of my mouth and I was like well you know what that's how we see ourselves is run down and horrible but this is how God sees us because he's on top of the hill like you were talking about the other day uh, going on top of the mountain finding your mountain and praying so I just felt like that was something that that's not that's not something that I'd come up with I know that for sure <laughs> That's awesome. Yep, that's a word of, word of wisdom for sure. Amen. Anybody else want to share something? We'll have more time after the next one too. If something comes to your mind, but anything else? Okay. All right, I like this too because I'm not the only one talking. So to hear from you guys too. It's awesome. So uh, moving on to the next one. Uh, word of knowledge. 
So again, in, uh, these, all these are found in 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, the word of knowledge is the word gnosis, uh, which means a familiar, familiarity. That's a fun word to say. I'm not very familiar with how to say it. Familiarity. Familiarity. <laughs> I don't know why that word is so weird. It's unfamiliar to me. But anyways, awareness or understanding gained through experience or study. An awareness or understanding gained through experience or study. The sum or range of what has been perceived, discovered, or learned. Okay, what you have perceived, you have discovered, or you have learned. So this gift involves a revelation of divine information. It's divine information to someone who does not know it by natural means. It's something you did not know previous to the Holy Spirit telling you what it is. And somebody else may know it. It may be common knowledge to someone else. But uh, to you, it's something you obtained in that moment from the Spirit for a specific need. And that's uh, the definition is uh, the supernatural gift of a portion. Again, not all of God's knowledge. You're not going to be um, omniscient. But it's a portion of divine information for a particular need. Supernatural gift or of a portion of divine information for a particular need. Again, this is a moment in time specific. Something's going on. God gives you knowledge supernaturally. Uh, an example of this would be um, what we talked about a couple, maybe three or four weeks ago now, with Ananias and Sapphira that they lied to Peter. They said, we sold our property. Here's all the proceeds. Uh, naturally, Peter had no understanding that they were holding back part of it, but the Spirit revealed it to him. Only Ananias and Sapphira knew what they were doing, but God told Peter about it. He gave him a word of knowledge, not only of what they were doing wrong, but of the judgment that was coming. It wasn't Peter saying in his flesh, now you're going to die. It wasn't him, him being angry because they're holding back part of it. He was simply a vessel for the Lord and speaking what was about to happen. And I believe the Lord allowed that so the people would see that Peter was his vessel. If Peter can know these people are going to die and two minutes later they're dead, he's hearing from God because they just died of unnatural causes. <laughs> and just all of a sudden, bam. So it was... Unfortunately, Ananias and Sapphira were the object lesson. Would not want to be involved with that object lesson. But uh, they were used as an example to promote Peter as God's vessel. To further show God was ministering through Peter. So when God uses us in, in words of wisdom or words of knowledge, it gives people an understanding we are hearing from God. right? Because how else would we know? They're the only ones that know, like Brother Murray said. They don't, they've told nobody, and now you're, quote-unquote, reading their mail. And they're wondering, did I accidentally post this on Facebook? I mean, what happened? How did everybody know about this? Because it's God showing you, and again, it's for a need. Um, Brother Bernard shares a story in, in his book about gifts of the Spirit of his mother and two ministers as they were missionaries to Korea. They were walking through a remote coastal village to pray for a pastor who was ill, and uh, they took a shortcut through some rice paddies. 
Uh, it's a path, it was a path unknown to his mother. She'd never been in that area before, never been through this path. And soon, snow began to fall heavily until visibility was almost zero. The snow kept falling. They, they kept walking in the same direction. 45 minutes, they walked. It turned into two hours with no end in sight, and they were lost. So as his mom began to pray, the Lord impressed her to go in the opposite direction. Turn around and go this way. Again, they're in a blanket of snow. She doesn't know where they are, doesn't know what's going on. And as she does that, the companions objected, saying, this path's going to lead us to the Yellow Sea. It's going to be even more dangerous. But they finally followed her, and uh, they ended up making it to a village uh, that they were looking for, and their hands were so numb they could not even knock on the door. But they were able to be uh, warmed, and, and nobody was uh, damaged long-term because they were saved by a word of knowledge. I mean, you're in the middle of a storm. You don't know where you're at anyways. You can't even see how do I find my way, Lord? I think we've all been in those situations, right? We have no clue what to do, but if we ask, God will show us. He'll give us divine information how to find our way out. Uh, on another occasion in Louisiana, a pastor's wife was counseling a woman who had received the Holy Spirit, but she was continuing to live in willful sin. The Spirit of God came upon this pastor's wife and revealed that something serious was going to happen to this woman if she did not turn from her sin. She didn't repent. Within one week, this lady was in the hospital with a paralyzed arm and leg. And I get your attention when somebody speaks to you, something's going to happen, then your arm and your leg are paralyzed a week later. But that's not the end of the story, thankfully. As she repented in the hospital fully rededicated her life to the Lord, God healed her. So she was able to be uh, fully recovered from the situation because God let her understand, this is so you will turn from sin, and if you choose that, I heal you. If you don't, who knows what would have happened. But a word of knowledge was used to save her. So sometimes the initial word of knowledge might not even be good news, right? But if we follow God's direction... It can turn out okay. And be very careful. I'm, I'm sure this pastor's wife handled this with grace, not condemnation. I'm sure she wasn't beating this lady up over it. She just said, you need to repent or else something bad's going to happen. Uh, another uh, instance I was going to share of a personal one was kind of uh, what Brother Maurice was talking about. Uh, one night at a youth convention, I went around and prayed for several young people. And, and uh, you know, like he said, sometimes I'm, I'm even doubting about what I'm about to say. Like, I wonder if this is relevant because it's kind of specific. I'd rather just pray, Lord, bless them. Lord, touch them. Lord, give them a beautiful family in their future. You know, all this generic stuff. But when God uses you in these, a lot of times he wants you to get real specific. And so I did. And then later on, several of them came to me and said, like this other situation, I can't believe that you were you were praying everything I, I was asking. You were confirming everything I was praying before you came. And again, it wasn't for me. It was for them to know that God was hearing their prayers. And uh, um, another situation that happened just a few months ago, I was at a conference. And the, I was praying with a fellow pastor, and he pastors in Corvallis, and the Lord told me, 
tell him to quit worrying about how he's going to reach the students at Oregon State. I will show him. Now, that's not one you can squirm out of again. That's kind of specific. So I'm thinking, does he even pastor in Corvallis anymore? I mean, maybe he's not even there. I mean, this is going to sound really dumb if he's, like, not even pastoring there. All this stuff starts going through your head. Your carnal mind starts thinking all this stuff. So finally I quit fighting with God and I just said it. And he didn't say nothing at the time, but he came up to me later and said, less than a week before, it was prophesied over him in California that God was going to use him to reach the students of Oregon State. And so it was a confirmation to him that God was going to do it and also a challenge to quit trying to figure it out and trust him. But it takes some faith to step out. Um, and last one I'll share is, is humorous to me is sometimes you're just preaching a sermon and, and you hear later that people are like, why was he just picking on me the whole time? You know? Why was he, pat, why was he preaching at me the whole time? And I had no clue. I was just preaching. Or they get mad at their spouse for talking to me about their problems. You know, why did you go tell pastor what happened? And it's like, well, I actually, I didn't. So it was just the Holy Spirit. So sometimes uh, the Spirit's convicting and, and people think that, you know, I'm just up here painting bullseyes and just preparing my sermon and all oh, this will get so-and-so. And this will get so-and-so. This will make them squirm. If they don't come to the altar after this, they are reprobate. <laughs> You know, none of that happens. I'm just trying to follow the Spirit. <laughs> so, um, but the Spirit gives divine information for, for specific situations. And He wants to use the body to relay information because it's easier to discount it coming from God because it's usually not. I've never heard audible voice. God just impresses things in my spirit. Sometimes it's almost as if it's words just spoken, but it's always just an impression. And it's sometimes easier to dismiss that than if he sends somebody face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball, that says it. Because then it's like, it's harder for me to deny it, hearing it in the flesh. So sometimes God uses us to further, uh, further drive a point home with us that uh, this is him speaking. So, um, again, it's... it's uh, it's God's prerogative. It's not something where we go around and try to predict things, just to try to be spiritual, you know. It's about the Spirit leading us and prompting us. And in this, um, uh, we'll go to testimonies in just a moment, but as a point of, of uh, reference and order of this gift is, this will happen a lot of times during worship or altar calls. As you're just praying or worshiping God and God tells you, go pray with so-and-so, he may tell you ahead of time, I want you to say something. Or it may be as you go pray for them, he gives you a word as you're praying. And sometimes with a word, he might give you the first word. And he won't give you the second and third word until you say the first word. Because he's making you step out in faith. So um, learn to hear the voice. Of, and it's okay if sometimes if you leave church and it just keeps bugging you and bugging you and bugging you. It's probably God. And just say, God, give me another chance to tell them, or I'll listen next time. And it's, it's like uh, 
learning the voice of God like Samuel. Was that you, Lord? Was that, you know, who was that? So um, any questions before we go to testimonies? We'll do that way. Any questions? Um, I'm not sure. Okay. Got two blanks left. All right. Information? Do you have divine information? The second to last blank. Divine information. Information for your information. Yeah. <laughs> a word of a word of knowledge is filling in the blank. <laughs> Bring in knowledge. Any other questions on these two sections before testimonies? Yeah, we still have one, one down. That's right. That's a question. I said, any questions? <laughs> Anything else? Anybody want to share something uh, more? I mean, uh, as you can see, word of wisdom and word of knowledge sometimes kind of gets a little fuzzy which one it is and people can try to label it but that's the main purpose isn't to argue if it's a word of wisdom or word of knowledge it's to just receive it <laughs> and and obey it just brother ryan you have a okay let me bring you the mic here i was actually going to say i'm not sure which this would better fall okay. under but um the same so for those of you that don't know um our oldest son um, was born with a heart defect, and he's had four uh, bypass surgeries on his heart, a bunch of other surgeries and things like that. And um, the same evangelist uh, that gave Heidi the word, uh, actually, I think it might have been the same service. I'd never met him before at all. He knew nothing about me or my life or my family or anything. And um, he, he came to me. And um, he was praying, and uh, then all of a sudden he stopped, and he came to me, and he and I had no idea, you know. Everyone just start kind of parted, you know, as he's walking up, and I'm standing there, and he comes up to me, and he puts his hand on my chest, and he's just moving it around like that for a minute. I'm honestly kind of wondering, you know, what is he doing? And like, uh, he stands there like that, and he's like, "You um, are a young man, and." You know, he was like, you can put up, you can you can act uh, like everything's fine, you know, and, and that's, men do that and they should, you know, for their family. But he, he was like, I know uh, the Lord is telling me that you have horrible anxiety, you're anxious, you know, and he, and he knew. And the Lord literally gave him a word um, about what our son was going through and uh, that, you know, Basically, what it was, was he told me, he was like, the Lord has, has his hand on the situation. He has his hand on your son. And uh, it's time to rest in, in the Lord because you're not, you know, um, you, you, can't deal, you can't do this. You know, you got you to gotta let God handle it. And, um, and so looking back, I, I 
I was, uh, you know, I, had lo- I, I thought I was very strong in faith, and I was, but obviously, you know, we're human, and I was very anxious about the situation. I was worried. I didn't see the effect it was having on me um, physically at the time because I was just trying to, you know, deal with everything that was going on. And I thought that was, I'll never forget that because he also told me um, to, uh, you know, something that I practiced anyway, you know, he was like, just rest in God, uh, you know, read your Bible, really get into the word. And then about six months later, I was at a Bible study and I wasn't even thinking about what he told me. And uh, we were studying, I think it was something out of Job, maybe. And for whatever reason, I flipped to, um, I think it was uh, John. And I looked down and all of a sudden I see I just, it's like I focused on one verse, and it said, uh, your son shall live. Those are the exact words. And this was like maybe a week before he went in to have his fourth surgery, and it was, it was pretty, uh, it, was, it was awesome, yeah. And I didn't, and, and, and well, that's for another time. But anyway, yeah, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty, it was, yeah. I'm very thankful for that, because it helped me through a very difficult time, so. Amen, that's awesome. Anybody else want to share something? Sister Joan, okay, coming over. <laughs> Sorry. Um, actually, just this last Sunday, um, during the worship service at the end of um, service, Brother Brian came over and said the Lord had impressed upon him to read to me um, Psalm 91. And um, since we've been going through this uh, time of consecration, I've been more deliberate about my prayers, about my home. And he asked me, are you going on a trip? Because um, one of the key parts of, of the psalm um, is about uh, the Lord's angels being around you and holding you up. And I have been purposefully praying for a hedge of protection around my home and for angels to be guarding my home and he told me that he could see angels all around me and it was just such a great confirmation for me that he is hearing my prayers so amen amen beautiful anybody else want to share yes brother Maurice I don't have a particular story per se, but more of a situation. Um, there's times when um, uh, I've decided earlier in the week that I'm going to teach on a specific um, subject matter or whatever the case may be, and um, maybe Saturday night or even Sunday before church, God is dealing with me to teach on something different, and I'm like, but God, I've already prepare this specific thing. I've already put work and I've studied it. And he's like, no, I want you to teach on this particular thing. And it's interesting because there's times where I've taught on something in Sunday school, specific chapters, specific verses, and pastor gets up and preaches. And 
the same specific chapters, same specific verses, and it's really just God confirming himself to the church, you know, and I can guarantee you I didn't call pastor the night before and asked him what he, what he was going to preach on, but it's just kind of a confirmation, you know, that God, you know, when he wants to reiterate something to the church, if we're obedient to it, then that that thing will be fulfilled. Amen. Anyone else? Yes, Brenda. Okay, just mention we'll come to you next. That's right. That's good. Well, when I uh, first came to uh, Fairhaven six years ago, I I didn't know anything about the Lord and. Um, I got saved two weeks after being in Fairhaven, and <clears throat> about two months later, I found myself mentoring a house, and this was a Christian-based house, and about a week after that, I found myself leading Bible study, and <laughs> I didn't even understand. I think I'd read, like, Noah's Ark, you know, <laughs> so I, I started going to church, and my Bible studies were on Sunday night. And I would go to church in the morning, and the preacher would preach the same Bible study I had at night. And I was going, oh, thank you, Jesus. I was just, it was so awesome. And I know that was the Lord helping me through that and, and giving me the words that I needed to say through that Bible study. And I actually felt like I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> so, thank you. Amen. That's good. Anyone else? I think Jim was going to share, but May is kind of... She can share with May. You can share with May. That's okay. I can't tell you how many times you guys have, you know, had a sermon of the day that has really hit home for what's going on <laughs> it's just I there's just there's been too many to recount like specifics really but it it happens frequently and that's when you really know that you are working through the spirit and yeah <laughs> that too may agree yeah. but yeah you can just you can tell when when God's got a message for you or for someone in the <laughs> church because you guys it'll strike home for someone <laughs> amen yeah. amen amen thanks for sharing that Jen and May for sharing. All right, anyone else? Norma, maybe? She's kind of doing sign language over there. I'm shy. <laughs> well, it's not, um, so it's almost, so I have an example about prayer and faith. So we think we have faith and we pray enough until we get into the sticky situations. So um, I think it was at the end of May when we took my grandma. Yeah. We drove, we decided to take a road trip to <laughs> Las Vegas and we took Miss Bonnie with us. And I thought it was going to be fun, but it was not. <laughs> um, it was actually very scary, but... I really, I think for me, it helped my faith because we get to these um, 
cycles of like, uh um, you know, you do your everyday thing. It's like church and then work and then, you know, kids and, and nothing changes. And um, we used the GPS on the phone and it took us to through some crazy roads. I mean, crazy, like dirt roads for miles with just stones. And, <laughs> and there was a point when we were coming back, we didn't, I mean, we were up in... How many elevations? 5,500. Yeah. 5,500. That. Wow. And um, <laughs> there there was no rails. There was nothing. I mean, I looked out the window, and I saw me falling. And I had such bad anxiety. And, you know, we saw dead animals. And, and it was just, it was hot. And, and it was horrible. And I was like, man, what was I thinking? And so I got to the point where I was just praying so hard in the back seat. I was crying and praying, and we were out. So the, the day we, we were coming back, nobody's GPS worked, so we actually had to buy a map and figure out how to get home with a paper map. We were asking people, and we were going in 10 different directions, and I, I hadn't... For me, it just I I couldn't get home fast enough, and and I was crying so bad, and I was like, God, you have to send somebody to help us. Like we we're low on money, we barely have enough gas to get there. We were still in Nevada, I think, yeah. Nevada, and we were coming through Oregon through the forests, and I was like, I was tired. Bonnie was tired because we were the only ones driving. And we just drove constantly. We, we didn't really stop at anything. Um, we, we did that trip in two and a half days from here to Las Vegas and Las Vegas back in two and a half days. And I was like, God send somebody because I'm not going to make it. And like, I don't even know how pastor just texted us. And he's like, so how are you guys doing? I was like, not good. Somebody needs to help me. I'm like, I, we were just thinking of spending the night at a rest stop somewhere because I needed sleep, Miss Bonnie needed sleep, you know, and she's diabetic. She needs to check her sugar. She needs to eat right. And pastor's like, well, tell me where you're at. I'm like, I don't know where I'm at. We're, we're going to fall off the mountains. I don't know where I'm at, you know. And, and so he was able to find out where we were, smart pastor over here. And um, he, he was able to get us a hotel for the night, and we were able to rest. But for me, I, had, I don't think I've ever felt that scared and that hopeless ever. I, I, you know, I do it myself. I got this. You know, I go to work, and I bring the paycheck. And at that moment, it, it was like, I can't do this. And I think for me it helped my faith because... It was really scary, and I even broke down crying. Ms. Bonnie's like, is she crying? I'm like, yes, I'm crying. I don't want to go on the road anymore. We almost got hit by an owl. We saw a dead cow. I mean, rodents everywhere. I mean, it was hard. Don't ever drive, please, that way. Oh, and I just want to add to uh, the story. Um, actually, probably when she was praying for someone, it's funny because we're driving down the road, and this lady is, like, we're going for a walk, like, a run. Like, and this is, like, they're, like, no sidewalks or anything. This is, like, like a country road, and she's, like, going for a run. And, and Norma's like, 
hey, stop and ask that lady, you know. And so we stopped and asked her, and she's like, oh, you guys are wanting a place to, to, to rest? And I guess it was a small little motel, some, you know, like a mile down the road. She's like, oh, you know, uh, I actually own the motel down the road, you know. <laughs> so we actually <laughs> stopped there, you know, and it ended up being super expensive, but, you know. <laughs> but I just thought that was interesting. God probably confirmed to her at that moment where she was asking for help, this lady on the side of the road who owned the motel like a half a mile down the road. And so it's just interesting how God just sends divine appointments to us, you know, when we, when we truly ask for them. But my point was, I'm sorry, my point was is that for me, it felt like he heard my prayer loud and clear. And so we, I pray for our, our children that are no longer in the church, and I don't see any results. So I tend to give up. I'm like, okay, Lord, they're in your hands. Take, take them, you know? And so, but I don't pray for them, you know? And it's like, for me, it just felt like a confirmation. Just don't give up praying, even though you don't see the results. You don't see what's going on right now because we're not seeing what's going on in the supernatural, in the realm that he works in. I'm only seeing physical, you know? I see them going far more left than right. And so for me, it's like, okay, if he heard me with this, then he hears me with everything else. But he's not going to answer when I want it. You know, it's going to happen in his own time. So it's just encouraging to know that every prayer that I pray is not, doesn't fall on the ground. It, it does something in the atmosphere, in the spiritual realm. And don't give up. Keep pressing, keep praying, keep fasting. Because he does hear us and he does care. But he knows the hearts and he knows their their positions and he knows when they will come. But I will stand on his premises. So that's Amen. Very good. All right. Anyone else? We'll move into the last part here. And, you know, it wasn't like some big spiritual moment. Uh, I don't remember what I was doing. I was just busy about something and God just said, Text Norman Murray, see how they're doing. So I text, and then the rest is history. But the way she tried to show me where she was, she takes a picture of a mile marker. It's like the mile marker says nothing on it. There's like sage bush next to it, and it's I'm like this could be anywhere. It's, it's like mile marker ten next to the sage bush. It's like okay, that doesn't help me too much, just Norma. But we eventually figured it out. Well, uh, they went to that hotel, and then they called me, and I looked up the hotel online, the first one, and I said, um, you know, there's another one not too far, like Klamath Falls. Would you want to drive to Klamath Falls? Is that too far for you to drive? Because I can get you a better situation, a nicer hotel for less money and free breakfast and everything. So they're like, how far is it? And she told them. And so they're like, okay, we can do that. And then they went there. Yep. Yeah, it's just flat. It's only about 50 miles. So it was an adventure. And, uh, but, um, you know, like I said, it, uh, sometimes we think of these divine interruptions in our schedule, like 
we're face down praying or we've been fasting for 27 hours or, you know, sometimes God gives me sermons while I'm shaving. I mean, I could be doing anything and God will give me a, a, a revelation of something. So it's just having your antenna, having them up. And that's, that's the important part. And uh, God can speak to us. So I don't know. I hope that what, while you're hearing these, it's exciting to you that not only God can speak to you, but what's exciting is that God wants to use you um, to be part of this. Because uh, there's plenty of, of things to go around. There's plenty of needs all around us so that it's not just hand-picked people that God wants to use, but he wants to use everybody filled with his spirit to minister to others. Yes, sure. Um, we are the body of Christ. We, we are the body of Christ. And as the body, just like in our body, if, if, our, if our little toe on one of our feet is hurting, the whole body compensates for that sore little toe. Any limp, and, and everybody else picks up a little more in your body to compensate for that. And it's the same way in the body. So Jesus is the head of, of the church. He's the head of the body. So when, when, when you're hurting, I feel it. And pastor feels it. And everybody else feels it. You might not realize what it is. But when somebody in the body is hurting, the body of Christ, we all feel that. And you know, that's why he says we pray in the spirit. We're... It's the, the, uh, the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit, praying always for all the saints in the church, in the body. So if you kind of look at it like that, you can see how the spirit works and the Holy Spirit works in us as a body and collective and members in, in the body. So. Amen. That's right. Very good. And uh, the way the, the human body actually heals itself most of the time. And uh, that's... That's God's plan is for us to, to help each other to heal. And um, one more thing that just came to mind is that, you know, sometimes God gives us a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge, and we don't always speak it directly to someone. We may just be asked by God to pray about it. So many times I hear things in the Spirit about people that I never address them. I just begin praying. And because uh, sometimes people can't receive it or... Um, you know, God just wants you to pray. Whatever reason for the situation, sometimes he'll just tell you. And again, he can trust you with that if you will handle it correctly. If uh, you handle it incorrectly, God will say, wrong. And uh, you might not hear something else for a while to learn your lesson. Because it's about edification. It's about building up and encouraging and strengthening. So... All right, so um, we'll go through the next section a little quicker, I think. We'll just, because again, I'm, I am mindful of your time and you have uh, work and everything else to get to, but I have really enjoyed hearing everybody else's input. Much more interesting that way. So, discerning of spirits, uh, 1 Corinthians 12 10 again lists this gift of discerning of spirits. And uh, like the other two gifts we discussed, it involves a disclosure from God, but not a revelation of all the mind of God. It's not a general gift of discernment. Some people are good at discerning things just naturally, right? They can discern if this person is 
is uh, maybe a good person or a bad person by just observing their behavior or, or you know, God has given them ability to, to discern um, right and wrong in everyday situations easier than others. But this, again, is a supernatural insight, a keenness of insight and judgment. The word discernment means keenness of insight and judgment. And it refers to the ability to make a proper distinction or determination, such as to know truth from error. And the discerning of spirits then involves keen insight and judgment with regard to spirits, the ability to make a proper distinction or determination, whether those spirits are of God or not. So, Because there's three sources here, um, three possible sources of spiritual activity. God and his angels, first one there. God and his angels is one possible source, and that's the one we want. <laughs> Number two, doesn't take much discernment to, say, to realize you don't want this one. The devil and his demons, we don't want that spirit at all. And uh, third, there's also the human spirit. The human spirit. We can have sources in one of three of these things. God and his angels, the devil and his demons, or the, the human spirit. And discerning of spirits is our ability to understand which of these sources is motivating a certain action. It also helps us understand the type of spirit which is behind actions such as could be lust or envy or greed, something of that nature. And again, the reason God would reveal this to us is to get to the root of the problem so it can be resolved. You might have to confront the issue to resolve the problem. So the definition here, the supernatural gift of perceiving the spiritual motivations for an action or what type of spirit is at work. So that's a blank for you to fill in. Perceiving the spiritual motivations for an action or what type of spirit is at work. Because most of the time something's going on, it's being motivated by God and his angels, the devil and his demons, or humanity. Motivations is the blank there. Spiritual motivations for an action. Again, it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be something that feels spooky, but every day people are motivated by one of these three things most of the time. God is angels, devil is demons, or the human spirit. It's just reality. It's the unseen realm. And so uh, discernment of spirits gives us the ability to know what's behind the actions, what spirit's motivating it. Example of that, Acts 16, 16 through 18. Now it happened as, uh, this is Pil, uh, Paul ministering at Philippi. Now it happened as he went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us, cried out saying, these men are servants of the most high God. Does anything sound bad in those words? Sounds like she's amening the preacher, <laughs> right? These men are servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. She's even saying they have truth. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, <laughs> turned and said to the spirit, not to the individual, but the spirit that was motivating her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. Again, that's supernatural because nothing about her words was wrong, right? It seemed good. Most people with the entourage, so to speak, were probably thinking, 
This lady's, you know, she's spiritual. Well, she was. <laughs> but it wasn't the, the right spiritual. So it took this perception, this discernment from God for, for Paul to boldly declare what was going on here. And it delivered her that very hour. Uh, then another instance here, Acts 13, 9 through 11. It's an instance where um, Barnabas and Paul are encountering a prophet named Elimus or Elimus, however you say his name, in Pophas on the island of Cyprus. When they witnessed to the Roman proconsul Elimus, this false prophet tried to turn him away from the truth. And here's Paul's response to this uh, prophet. Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, again, this is not Paul in his flesh, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him, that must have been an uneasy stare to receive. <laughs> Paul looks intently at him and says, Oh, full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil. Woo! That's a stinger. <laughs> that would be like, ah, that would hurt, right? You enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you, which seems like a good thing, until the next words, and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. The Lord was saying, you're trying to blind people spiritually, so I'm going to blind you physically. Because this man was being motivated by the God of this world who blinds the minds of those who don't believe lest they see the light of the gospel, right? So he was a tool of the enemy. And he was a tool in the, the term of, uh, I guess you would say, uh, slang. I think I was a tool. Anyways, just uh, slip that in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, sometimes I say things that only one or two people get, but that's okay. Um, they're generational slang terms. You don't want to be called a tool. Just say that, okay? Somebody calls you a tool, it's not a, a nice thing. So through the discerning of spirits, um, Paul perceived the evil intent of this false prophet. Who knows what he said to that point, but somehow Paul cut him off at the pass before he could get in the false doctrine and preserved. And as a result, the proconsul became a believer because he saw that not only did Paul identify this man as false, he proclaimed something that only God could do. He proclaimed this man would be blind, and sure enough, he became blind. You tend to listen to people after something like that happens, right? <laughs> you tend to understand there's a connection with God here. If someone says somebody's going to be blind, and then they're blind for no re other reason, uh, that tends to get your attention. And again, that's... Uh, Part of the motivation of the gifts is to wake people up, to, to call them to truth. So discernment of spirits is, is something that's important um, in the work of the church and as, as protectors of your home, as parents or spouses or, or any of those situations, you uh, may need sometime the discernment of spirits to understand someone who may be trying to prey on your children or... Uh, someone who is uh, 
maybe the same, maybe if you have a daughter and he's a young man and he's trying to be righteous, but his intentions are wrong. Um, I'm going to be leaning that way anyways. But uh, God can give you a discernment of spirits uh, to protect the flock because uh, he's, he's serious about protecting. And we always want people to repent. If they'll repent, we want them to repent. But if they won't repent, we want them to be gone, right? Because if they're not going to repent and they're wolves, we don't want wolves in the flock. So uh, it's important. Um, Again, being able to just discern a couple examples and um, move a little bit quickly here again, but um, there was a one time where uh, Brother Billy Cole, a man of the Spirit, was overseas, and he came to this church, and there was somewhere in, in Asia, I can't remember where exactly, but this lady came up, and, and she was just, pray for me, pray for me, I need deliverance, so they were praying for her. And the pastor says, you know, Brother Cole, we pray for this lady for hours. I mean, she wears out the saints. So we're praying for her four or five hours sometimes. And Brother uh, Cole watched the situation for a second. And then he said, I know what the solution is. And she's sitting there writhing. And he said, lock her in that room with no food and water until she's delivered. And the lady sat right up. And she was perfectly alert, <laughs> delivered. I mean, instantly. And Brother Cole said, you can cast out a devil, you can't cast a human out of a human. You, can, you know, you can't cast human spirit out of a human. The thing was, she just wanted attention. And so it wasn't that she was demonically possessed. That's why they prayed for four or five hours and nothing was happening. Because it wasn't a, a demon. It was, she wanted attention. Hopefully after that day, she learned there's better ways to get attention. You know, you don't have to act like you're possessed for someone to like you. You know, the body of Christ, we love you. You don't have to be possessed for us to love you. Okay? We'll spend time with you. You don't have to act like the devil's in you. Just, hey, can I come over? <laughs> you know, it's a lot better. Pray for me. While you're chewing on uh, Alka-Seltzer. <laughs> Pray for me, you know. <laughs> don't have to do that. Just... Hey, man, play some cards, okay? Go camping or something. There's a lot better ways. So uh, sometimes it's, you know, people are acting out and it's not even, you know, we blame it on the devil, blame it on the devil, and it's not the devil. It's just humanity. And so uh, it's good to know the difference um, because we can, we can rebuke a devil, but you can't rebuke a human spirit. Uh, spiritually, we, we don't have dominion over a human spirit. We don't have authority over a human spirit like we do demonic. We tell the demons to go, they have to go. But if, if it, they're acting in their humanity, that's a different situation. And uh, one other situation was one time we were, uh, my dad and I after church, we were at a, a restaurant called The Daily Bread in uh, St. John's. And we went to pay for the food and this lady is literally like sneering at us. She's in one of the booths. And she's like, <laughs> sitting over there just, <laughs> it's like, wow, that's kind of weird. I mean, just kind of, you know, kind of get the wheelies sometimes. Like, And uh, we went out to the car, and my dad went to put the key in the ignition, and he said, you know what? We need to go back in there and confront that spirit. I was like, 
okay, <laughs> you know, sure, you say so, Dad. So we go back in the restaurant. She's in the back of the restaurant with the waiter talking to him, and she hears the door open, and she turns around and goes, what do you want? We just walked in the front door. I mean, we could have forgot something. What do you want? And so my dad walks up to her, and she's calm as this because he was full of the Spirit, and he said to the waiter, sorry if this doesn't make much sense, Ryan, but I need to do something. He's like, go ahead. And so uh, Ryan was a college student, the waiter there. And my dad said, he said, I'm not trying to be mean, but you're full of a spirit, and I can pray with you, and you can be delivered right now if you want to be delivered. And she just started backpedaling like this, and she just backpedaled all the way out and ran out the front door. I was like, that was weird. But as soon as my dad confronted that spirit, it was gone. And for, I don't know why she didn't want to surrender, but she was out of there like, my dad was calm, but he had dominion authority. And, and uh, my dad said, I'm sorry if that was weird, Ryan, because we'd eat there all the time. He's like, hey, she's trying to get me to come back to her apartment. I'm glad you did whatever you got to do. Was, she was scary, you know. <laughs> it was scaring me. So um, that's a true story, you know. It, it, uh, you know, my dad was discerned what was going on. That lady was was influenced by the enemy, and he confronted it to deliver her, but uh, she didn't want to be delivered for whatever reason, but uh, that spirit backed down quickly when he confronted it in Jesus' name. So, um, so to summarize tonight, um, just here, we'll read these last three paragraphs. I think you have them too. But I wanted to include this specifically. You could take it with you as a summary. It says, uh, like all the supernatural gifts, the gifts of revelation are potentially available to every spirit-filled believer. So you can highlight that. You can uh, do whatever you want to put that on your wall, whatever. But it, it, these are potentially available to every spirit-filled believer. In times of decision, urgent need, or crisis, each of us can call upon the Lord to grant us supernatural wisdom, knowledge, or discerning of spirits as the occasion requires. Again, don't just try to solve it yourself. Why rely on yourself? Ask God. Sometimes he'll tell you directly. Sometimes he'll send a word from somebody else. Uh, The three gifts we have discussed are closely related. There can be some overlapping of them, as we mentioned. One person may interpret a certain instance as a manifestation of one of the gifts, while another may consider it to be a different gift. Regardless of our precise classification, we can all recognize it as the work of the Holy Spirit. As we discussed, uh, the gifts of revelation are supernatural, but they have counterparts in everyday natural and spiritual life. Everyone, even sinners, can have earthly wisdom, knowledge, and discernment. Moreover, every Christian can and should attain spiritual wisdom, knowledge, and discernment. But in addition to these two levels, there are the supernatural gifts, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits to operate in special times of need. And this is to function as God intends us to and to prevent the devices of Satan. The church needs these gifts at work today. Amen. So God wants to use us. Amen. And I hope after hearing this tonight, you will be excited to, to grow in these areas, to ask God to help you to grow not only in the fruit of the Spirit, but in the gifts of the Spirit to, to minister to one another. So 
Why don't we pray and then um, we'll dismiss. And if you have any questions, I can answer those um, off to the side. But it is late, so let's just pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this time together tonight. Thank you so much for all the testimonies we've heard that have been shared. I thank you for the courage of everyone to speak up and share because it's edified each and every one of us. And just as we've uh, expressed courage to share in this setting, help us to grow in our courage to share as your spirit leads, uh, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, uh, discerning of spirits, that we would, we would have the courage to step out more in faith, that if we're hearing something, it, it, it could very well be your voice wanting to speak through us to somebody else and, and help us to develop an understanding of your voice, develop an understanding of what it's like when you speak to us so that we can step out in faith and uh, exercise the gift. And so, Lord, we're just uh, thankful for the opportunity to learn more about these things. We want to grow in these things so that our church can edify itself, and not only here, but at the workplace, the restaurant, the grocery store, as you give us assignments in everyday life that we'd grow in the courage to step out and speak to someone we don't even know if they know who you are. But that word of knowledge or that word of wisdom could tell them that you are understanding what's going on in their life, that you are real, you are alive, and that you want to save them. And so, Lord, help us to grow in these things. In Jesus' name, amen. And then one final thing, just quickly say, came to my mind as I was praying, if, if you're wanting to step out in faith, you're not sure if it's God or not, if what you're telling someone is based in the Word of God, you don't have anything to fear. Best thing you did is encourage them in a verse or a principle of the Word of God. If God is telling you, tell someone, he loves him, use this example, he has angels around about him. Well, you're not going to do any damage telling somebody that, right? But if it's God and it's timely, it does even more good. So if you're stepping out in faith and you're speaking the word, there's nothing to be afraid of, you know? If God tells you to tell somebody to buy pepperoni pizza, <laughs> next time you get pizza, it might be your thoughts, you know? So just... Just, uh, you know, learn to, learn to discern the difference. But so, all right, we we'll love you guys. Next thing is life groups on Thursday, if you're going to be a part of that.